0: hi
1: yo hello there hi oh look at you you look all relaxed like you've just gotten back from vacation or something
0: yeah exactly i'm a little nervous about this because i feel like i don't know if i know all the things i have vacation brain (laughs) (laughs) recording
2: in progress Welcome to another episode of AT. Banter. Moo. Hey, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Ryan Fleury. Ah, uh, hello. <laughs> wow. And uh, and making his uh, triumphant return to the podcast after probably more than a month of uh, being out in the deep blue ocean, Mr. Steve Barkley.
1: I am 100% entirely fish now.
2: <laughs> and uh, we know Liz Malone today. Um, she's probably off um, dealing with her, her new diet, <laughs> which we'll, we'll catch Steve up on later. How are you guys?
1: Oh, just dandy.
2: Well, yeah, you should be just dandy. You had a month off. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm
1: ever, ever so excited to be back at work and uh, just <laughs> behind this picturesque desk instead of, you know, out on the salt check, looking back at the coast beaten fish over the head, you know, this is so much better.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, so how did, uh, how was fishing season this year? How did, how did you do?
1: Uh, did pretty well. Freezers full so that, you know, that's a, that's a plus. Uh, we even got out for tuna once, which was exciting. We caught 30 tuna in about uh, three hours wow. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, got some salmon, got some halibut, got some ling cod, got some rock cod freezer stuffed so yeah it's all good
2: well so when you catch that much fish do you just pretty much just have fish all the time for an entire year like how do you go through that much fish
1: uh you eat it
2: (laughs) barbecue (laughs) salmon yeah Yeah, but that's the thing i mean you must have it all the time like don't do you not get sick of fish
1: uh no not really i mean we Mm. have we have different different things with it right like we'll do you know we might do fish tacos one night and then we might do like a coconut curry halibut one night and uh you know last night i did a uh uh maple pecan glazed uh, salmon so mm. yeah there's there's stuff you can do with it
2: i see all right well that's fair uh and now ryan Why don't you tell the fine folks at home uh, just what we're doing uh, today?
3: Today, we are welcoming back to our show, Sean Marcelet from Blind Beginnings and the Limitless podcast to tell us all about an upcoming event they are having in October. Welcome back, Sean.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Steve, those were some yummy recipes you were just talking about. My mouse watering. I, oh, yeah? I think well, I think I need an invite or something. All righty, <laughs> come on over. You can't just brag about all that fish <laughs> and all those delicious meals. <laughs> Apparently, these guys do not appreciate fish. I don't know. Their enthusiasm's a little low on the fish scale. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's well,
1: true. I'm not a fish person. Yeah, not, Rob, Rob won't eat anything unless it's battered to begin with. So yeah. right. Well, that's not
2: exactly true, but. <laughs> Uh, I am, I do admit I am a little bit picky when it comes to seafood, but, but, you know, but salmon is nice. Salmon is nice. And on uh, some of those did sound uh, fairly tasty. So, <laughs> all right, well, why don't we get started? Why don't Sean, maybe if you could just give the folks at home a little bit of a, of a refresh on blind beginnings, the organization, and just, uh, what, uh, what we do over there.
0: Sure. So Blind Beginnings is a nonprofit that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted and their families across BC. We were founded in 2008 and we provide uh, a range of programs from a youth leadership pre-employment program to summer camps, counseling and support groups for kids, teens and parents, family community discovery outings, family retreats. And uh, parent workshops and creating confidence workshops for youth.
2: Now tell us a little bit about this fashion show that's coming up uh, and just kind of what? He
0: just like gave it away. Just right. Like, like no one's even said there was a fashion show. Wait, didn't he? Didn't Ryan? Didn't Ryan open it? No, he said an upcoming event. Oh, did he?
2: Okay. Hold on. You're right. I better, I gotta, I gotta, you're right. You're right. Okay. You hold on. just dropped
0: the bomb like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now I gotta think. Uh, so, so any big events coming up?
3: <laughs> oh, we <should> <laughs> I love this show. <laughs>
0: Actually, there is a big event coming up. Up, Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In October, we are having a fashion show. It's called the Limitless Beauty Blind Beginnings Fashion Show. And all of the models will be youth who are blind or partially sighted. And uh, it's taking place on October 16th and it's a fundraiser and we're very excited about it. Well,
2: it's now, where did the, the idea about doing a fashion show sort of come from?
0: Mm, so five years ago, You, Some of you might remember we did do the Grind Blind, and that was a pretty big event that raised a lot of awareness and got some media attention, empowered the youth, and uh, we were doing some strategic planning as a board and staff over COVID and decided that we wanted to do another type of go big event, a big event that would raise awareness and, you know, kind of get our name out there a little bit more. So a group of us got together and brainstormed a bunch of ideas and I was thinking well we hiked the gross grind last time like maybe we'll do like an overnight kayaking trip or you know I was thinking physical sporty but somebody suggested a fashion show and everybody just loved the idea and it's kind of challenging perceptions in a totally different Realm. So, I think when you think of blindness, you might think that people who are blind don't care what they look like, or don't care about fashion, um, or you know, beauty and blindness might be might not be two words that you would put together necessarily. So, we thought, what a great idea to create an event where we're kind of showing that just because you're blind doesn't mean you're not fashionable, and and how we sort of see beauty. So some of the youth might have chosen their outfits based on how it feels or how it makes them feel or, you know, or actually like the texture of the clothing, um, which might be different than how a sighted person chooses what, what their sense of style is.
2: So, um, talk to me a little bit about, about the models themselves. Was there, was there a sort of a selection process? How, how did, how did you, you sort of choose models?
0: So we, we put it out there. We were looking for teens who are blind or partially sighted who live in British Columbia. We our criteria was very very broad, so we weren't concerned about gender or body size or race or, you know, it, it, basically anybody who wanted to be a model was eligible to be a model. Um, they needed to be willing to be photographed and videoed uh, during the event and featured on our website. Uh, And they needed to have a visual impairment and, you know, kind of be comfortable walking in front of a crowd and showcasing themselves and their outfits. So it's definitely not everybody's thing. I I don't think I would personally want to be a model in a fashion show, but um, we did get nine youth sign up. Eight of them are teens. One of them is uh, a bit younger. And um, so, yeah, we've got a diverse group of individuals, a couple males, rest female, um, somebody who uses a guide dog, some, some of them use white cane, some of them don't use a mobility device. So I think it'll be a really cool event. And, um, it, it was interesting to see, you know, part of, we did a, a training camp, so they came for three days to learn how to be a model. And part of it was going to the mall and buying their outfits. And at the end of the day, At the end of the shopping day, everybody passed around their purchases so we could all kind of feel the shoes and the, you know, the stuff that they bought and, and kind of hear about the outfit and how it was going to be put together. And it is going to be quite a different, everybody's picked something different, which is kind of cool.
1: Nice. So when you, when you took them out on that, on that day to get acclimatized to being a model, did you refuse to feed them and yell at them? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, we are very supportive to our models at Blind Beginnings. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, some of the challenges were like we, we wanted a sighted volunteer with each youth to do the shopping and to make, you know, to give them feedback, like what looks good, what doesn't, maybe that's not a good color for you, or maybe that style doesn't accentuate things the way you want it to. And finding individuals who are brave enough to be honest Um, but you know, also fashion minded and able to, yeah, kind of say, it's really easy to tell somebody that looks great. It's a lot harder to say, "Mm, no, that doesn't look great. (laughs) So we had, we had some great volunteers helping us out and I feel like everybody did walk away with something that they feel good in. So that's important. So, um,
2: was there a, a sort of a significance um, in the date, like in October?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I think we decided on, I think it is the weekend before Fashion Week, um, because we didn't want to be in competition with all the other fashion shows, but we wanted the media to pay attention and notice what we were doing kind of alongside Fashion Week. So, we kind of recognized we're not professionals at putting on fashion shows. <laughs> and uh, I think it's still going to be great and it's going to be unique, which is the most important part, I think. Um, but yeah, that's why we picked that date.
2: Yeah. Cause I was, I was just going to ask, cause I don't, I don't know of, of anybody else that has, has tried anything like this. So there's really no template to follow. Um, and even really like, I mean, I don't even, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a real fashion show.
0: Oh, me either. I've never been to a fashion show. I mean, part of it is it's a pretty visual event. I understand that you, I think I've seen a fashion show on TV maybe as part of a show or something, but you know, basically everyone's just clapping while someone walks back and forth. It seems like to me, so that's not very blind friendly, but of course it's a blind beginnings event. So it's all going to be audio described. So if there are blind people in the audience, Um, they'll be, well, actually everybody will be receiving the audio description because we want to kind of educate people about that as well. So even if you are sighted and you can see what's going on, you're going to hear the description of the outfits. You're going to hear what description of what the models are doing, how they're posing, that kind of thing. So um, but no, there was no template to follow. And uh, I, I'm very much out of my depth. I'm, I'm a pretty casual person. I'm, I just generally think that if I look Kind of like everyone else, I'm doing well in terms of fashion. And I learned a lot over the course of the training camp that, you know, fashion is kind of about (laughs) finding your individuality (laughs) in in your wardrobe and in your style. And I'm like, okay, I so don't have that. So having to create a program to prepare a bunch of models has been kind of ironic for me um, because... I'm not one and (laughs) not real up on fashion, but I think it's going to be okay. I I realize I'm not selling it very well by saying that, but you'll have to come out and see for yourselves whether (laughs) we pulled it off or not. Well,
2: what's interesting to me is that, you know, that that's, that that's the magic of this is that. Um, you know, it's, it's stepping outside that box. It's trying something new that you're not really sure how it's going to work out, but uh, just pushing through it anyways. So, uh, but I'm curious to know what kind of feedback that you're getting from some of the, the teen models, because I, I would think even just the, the, the action of, of signing up for something like this would is terrifying. Um, even to just a, a sighted teen, I think being, being, you know, having all eyes on you, And being the center of attention, even just for that, you know, 30 seconds that it takes you to walk back and forth, that's really scary in and of itself, no matter who you are. But I'm sure that there's even another level of, you know, anxiety when, when that teen is blind or partially sighted. So, you know, what kind of feedback are you sort of getting back from the models as they learn all of these, um, all of these skills and stuff? Are are they, are they pretty excited or are they still pretty nervous?
0: I think it's a mix. I think that some of them may have not really had an idea of what they were signing up for. I know a couple of them came to the training camp this summer because it was a chance to be with their friends, right? Their friends going, I want to come too. And I live remotely and I don't get to be around other kids who are blind very often. So yeah, sure. I'll be in a fashion show what's a fashion show
3: <laughs> so i think there is
0: there is a couple of those uh one for sure but uh, and then there's and then there's the other end of the spectrum of like oh i'd love to be a model in a fashion show and everything in between one of the other things we did at the training camp we had a model instructor come and teach them how to walk the runway and how to pose and i think that session was where it kind of got real because You know, he's telling them things like you want to place one foot in front of the other, kind of like walking a tightrope. You want to lead from the belly button when you're walking. Like, so the way you stand feels really awkward. The way you walk feels awkward. It's really different from how you would normally walk. And then, and then taking them through a bunch of different ways to pose at the end of the walkway, walkway, runway, (laughs) you know, where to put your hands and what to do with your body and put this leg this way. And so I think once they started practicing some of that, some of them were like, wait a minute, what is this? Like, oh, and everyone's going to be watching me. Yeah. I'm sure they're feeling nervous, but also excited. I got to say being blind sometimes is an advantage when you can't see all those eyes looking at you. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes that's helpful. You know, for me, I feel like in front of a camera, for example, I can easily pretend the camera's not there, but when you can see it, you're just sort of feeling really awkward the whole time. So maybe not being able to see everyone watching is helpful for some of them.
1: You've actually uh, kind of made me feel like I, I might have something going for me as a model because ever ever since I started drinking beer, I've been leading with my belly button.
3: So. <laughs> All shapes and sizes are welcome. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's very funny.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> it was something about tilting your upper body back. It wasn't so much
3: <laughs>
0: having a belly to lead from. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: It's a whole different pong. type of
2: fashion show. But, well, but I'm, half, if,
1: I'm halfway there. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, listen, if this if if this uh if we pull this off, Steve, uh, we next year we'll we'll do a uh, fashion show for people with
1: beer bellies. <laughs> people, okay
2: the, the limit, Limitless <laughs> belly fashion show.
0: Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> of
1: course, I've already been in a fashion show before. I, I was I was actually in a lingerie show once. What? Yeah, yeah.
0: Is there a punchline? No, there isn't. I
1: actually, <laughs> I actually walked into a lingerie show that was going on at this convention that I was at, and uh, I, I walked in it, and then uh, the next thing I know, people are ca- chanting "Steve, Steve, 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 Steve," and I got dragged up on stage, thrown into a merry widow's outfit, and sent down the runway. Wow! Um, so yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> It was horrifying is what it was.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, maybe you should come and talk to the youth. You can give them some pointers, but.
1: (laughs) No, no.
0: You know, so
2: it's so interesting. Uh, This really reminds me of something else that you guys did a few years back, um, which was um, the flash mob, Mm -hmm. because I kind of see, see that, uh, I could, I could understand how something like a flash mob and dancing for, for blind and partially set of youth would be equally as sort of a, of a terrifying idea, but also exciting at the same time.
0: Yeah. I think, um, dancing is another one that's, you know, you sort of learn to dance by watching what other people do. At least I wish I could watch what other people do so I could have learned how, um, I think it, you know, oh, people just say, oh, just move your body and do whatever you feel. I think that's baloney. I've had people laugh at me when I've done that. So um, yeah, I think it was a little bit scary, but the thing about a flash mob is everyone's doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. And you've learned all those steps in advance. So I always found that kind of dancing wasn't scary. Like line dancing is something I can get behind because I can memorize a bunch of steps and do them in time to the music. Like that's easy. It's the sort of freestyle dance where you're just supposed to enjoy the music and move your body where you don't know what the rules are. And you're not really sure how you look compared to how everybody else looks. And that's when you feel really self-conscious. So The flash mob was really empowering because, you know, you, you didn't have to worry about that. As long as you remembered the steps, you knew you were doing what everyone else was doing. And we incorporated white canes into the dance, which was pretty cool too. So everybody knew, I think that we were blind. So if there was a little bit of, you know, forgetting something here or there, I'm sure people would have forgiven us, but it was cool.
2: So when you guys were were sort of putting together this idea or how important was it to sort of have it as a piece that was going to sort of empower and create confidence in the participants, but also be something that could potentially educate the public? Like, were you guys always constantly trying to sort of balance those
3: two?
0: I am always trying to do things that yeah where it's tying into benefiting the youth like i don't i don't really want to do an event that involves the youth that isn't going to benefit the youth in some way so you know do the grind blind was like showing them that you can do something really physically challenging with the right support and the right training and and if we shatter some misconceptions of blindness along the way well that's fantastic and the same with the flash mob. It's like you're you feel uncomfortable dancing. Well, let's do something where you do feel comfortable dancing in a, a really empowering positive way that gets people's attention. So with with the fashion show, for me, it's really about, you know, I've always been uncomfortable about do I look right compared to everybody else? Am I underdressed? Am I overdressed? You know, am I am I in style or not? Like it's something that I worry about a lot. And so if I had had something like this when I was younger to sort of teach me about fashion and teach me about that, it's okay to look different and you can own it. If it's something you like, and it feels good, you don't have to look like everybody else necessarily. Um, I think I've always worried that because I'm blind, if I do do something bold, people will think, Oh, of course it's because you're blind. You don't know. You don't know that that's bright orange or something, not that I would ever wear bright orange probably, but anyways. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's, it's about making sure that these youth, you know, are going to learn something and gain some confidence in their appearance. Um, be able to hang out with peers and not feel insecure all the time about what they're wearing and how they look, how they're styling their hair, those kinds of things.
1: Where where are your clothes coming from?
0: Uh, Metrotown. (laughs) (laughs) We were hoping that some clothing stores would sponsor the youth as well. But, you know, we just didn't really have enough capacity to really pursue that. And it was kind of hard because until we brought the youth together, we didn't know what Style each of them wanted to represent. And I think they didn't necessarily even know some of them until they went shopping. So, you know, going with somebody who can tell you what this is like, part of the training was like, what are skinny jeans? What are boyfriend jeans? What are boot cut? What, you know, like, what are the different things? What I can't even think of all the things because I'm not fashionable in that way. But we passed around shoes and we talked about the, you know, what's a pump and what's a Dress shoe and what's a slingback and and what are all these things so they could have a greater understanding because maybe they've only ever really worn what their parents picked out for them and they're high school students most of them so they probably live in runners you know and maybe they right. haven't worn a, a range of different kinds of shoes so yeah we didn't get a lot of sponsorship in the clothing we um we do have a couple of clothing companies who are willing to have our models wear some of their some of their items and we haven't figured out yet whether that's going to be happening or not. And we have a couple of uh, fashion design students who have outfits that they would like modeled in the fashion show. We just have to see if any of the models are the right size to do that. So we're still everybody's purchased one outfit that they'll be modeling. And that was purchased at Metrotown mall. And we we had a budget for each of them and then, an additional, some of them are going to do a, an additional outfit and that might be a sponsored outfit.
1: Jeez. I'm thinking, uh, Ryan, you should hook her up with, uh, the two blind brothers down in the States.
0: Yes, we did reach out to them and I think they are willing to send us some stuff. Nice. So that might be one of the ones that does sponsor. And we also have connected with iDesign. I don't know if you guys have ever talked with Alex. I think her name's Alexa. Um, She has this clothing company where they, she incorporates braille. So she uses beads and it actually says stuff on her clothing, which is kind of cool.
3: Yeah. She will be on the show in two weeks.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, She's great. So what were
3: the parents thoughts, opinions, attitudes towards their young adults wanting to do this, wanting to be part of a fashion show and putting themselves out there?
0: I would say I, I'm assuming supportive. So most of these individuals, I didn't talk with their parents, um, because they're teens. So they kind of signed themselves up. Of course, parents had to give consent for them to participate, but one youth did come. His mom actually came as a chaperone. She was very supportive and encouraging, and he's got quite a cool sense of style, um, and designed some of his own clothing. And our youngest model, it was, it's her mom is on the planning committee and one of our board members. And so she's very supportive of her daughter being involved. She kind of said, oh, there's no way she's not going to be involved. She definitely (laughs) wants to do this. So we're excited to have her participate, but I think, yeah, I think most of the parents are just supportive in general of, of their youth trying something different, um, maybe gaining some confidence, hopefully, and learning something new at the same time. So.
3: Did you get any feedback from any of the retail outlets when these people were shopping in their stores?
0: Yeah. It's interesting because we actually have uh, a film crew was following us around for the training camp and they'll be filming the fashion show as well. There's a documentary AMI is making a documentary of this whole venture and, a couple of the clothing stores they tried to get um permission to film because they were in there for a big long time with a couple of the models and the stores said no and we were kind of shocked because really it's just good advertising for them the people in the stores working there were fantastic and supportive but their man you know their head offices were were saying no we're not okay with this so that was kind of disappointing, but I think, um, some of the girls went to a makeup store and the makeup person was really excited and wanted information about the actual show so that she could be there. She wanted to see how it all came out. And actually some of the volunteers, I, I was scrounging for volunteers this summer in every program. And this was no exception. So I had some people who were brand new to blind beginnings, to- blindness thrown in, paired up with the youth and sent off shopping for the day. And, uh, several of them are like really wanting to continue to volunteer and be involved. And they want to come to the fashion show and, you know, really got hooked by, by spending the day with a visually impaired youth. So that was pretty cool. So I think anybody who had the chance to hear about what we're doing was, was pretty excited about it.
2: So what, what about like, talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the challenges behind planning an event like this, especially sort of post COVID. Do you, do you still find that there's still some remnants of, uh, of, of like e- event gatherings that you still have to deal with when you're, when you're planning something like this?
0: I'm not sure yet if that will be, if COVID will be a factor, it's a pretty small venue where we're holding the event and, Uh, we can only sell like 75 tickets. So it's, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem selling 75 tickets. It's kind of like, this is an exclusive event and there's only 75 tickets available. So get yours right away. Right. That's, that's kind of how we're selling it. Um, and in terms of, you know, the models being able to come to the camp in the summer, I was a bit worried about that, but that didn't seem to be an issue. I'm trying to think if there were other challenges. Well, getting a restaurant reservation was challenging <laughs> for the group because they didn't take reservations for groups in the evening, which I thought was really bizarre. So, you know, I guess some things maybe maybe are, are different because of COVID, but for the most part, I don't feel like it's hampering us too much.
3: Were there any limitations or restrictions? Because I'm assuming that the models aren't just going to be walking on a floor in front of people. They're going to be up on a stage or runway. And some of them will have, you know, white canes and dogs. So was there training involved so they could find their mark and know to stop and not fall off the sides? Good, good
0: question. Yeah. So we had a whole sort of brainstorming session on that at the camp, it is actually going to be just walking on the floor. So we don't have an actual runway. Um, We're probably going to have a carpet that they will follow. uh, But one person is going to be using a guide dog. So we had to sort of, you know, decide did she want to use her dog as she walked the runway or not? And if so, how is she going to do the turn at the end? And how is she going to do the posing and, you know would somebody hold the dog at the end while she poses and then she takes (laughs) up the harness again so just kind of figuring that out or if you are using a white cane how does that impact the way you're walking the way you're posing what do you want to do with your cane while you pose all of those things so Mm. we definitely had some conversations about that and sadly the youth have not seen the venue yet so the camp we didn't We weren't able to go there and practice on site. So that will be happening the morning of the fashion show. Many of them don't live in Metro Vancouver. So they'll be coming back into town the night before, and then we'll spend the morning kind of prepping and practicing walking the runway again in the real space. So they can kind of figure out the timing and the pacing and things like that. But yeah, that's the part that would be really nerve wracking. If it was me, I would be worried about, Not tripping and falling, and (laughs) not walking off the side or bumping into the chairs or those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, that turn, that turn is going to be is going to
3: be stressful. Yeah. Steve set up some beacons. Three feet to go. Two feet to go. One foot to go. (laughs) Left turn. Pose. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: would be cool.
2: It is interesting because, you know, really it's all just about adaptation and, and Mm. adapting, adapting the environment in order to make it work. And, and, you know, this is, this is just a, you know, a perfect example of, um, you know, what you can do with, with a little adaptation.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, I feel like in my younger days, I would have, I would have not wanted to use my cane and I would have like okay, I'm just going to feel the carpet under my feet and I'm going to count my steps and I'm going to memorize and I'm going to do this because I want to look quote unquote normal is is what I would have thought back then. And I think it's so great that these youth are not like I was, (laughs) they are already more confident. They're not embarrassed of their blindness and everybody's willing to kind of showcase that, right? It's not something to be ashamed of. And if you're walking down the runway with a white cane, you can still walk with confidence. You can still strut your stuff. You can still look hot, right? It's, it's, it's okay. And I, I just excited to see how that all comes together. Cause I think it's, it's awesome that, that they want to show that they're not trying to hide that part of themselves.
3: Has anybody asked if they can use a colored cane? Because we all know there's pink canes, yellow canes, orange canes, blue canes, green. canes. Yeah, black
0: canes. I some of them do have colored canes, so yeah. that might they that might be what they choose, and I'm totally fine with that. I think I know there's some controversy about the colored canes. Some right. people think it's not good. It's not as safe. People don't recognize it as a symbol of blindness, but I mean, from somebody who didn't use a cane <laughs> <laughs> for so many years before I should have been using one. Um, I think a pink cane is better than no cane. It's still a lot safer. Sure. So, you know, it, it's a fashion statement, right? And and right. we talk to the kids about that. If yeah. you want to get a different colored cane or at Christmas, we decorate our canes, right. like, yeah, add some bling to it, do whatever you want to do to make it make it cool. So I want
2: to talk a little bit about something else uh, that's, that's happening this month. Um, coincidentally, it was, you know, another sort of big event that blind beginnings did a few years back, but this month uh, marks the fifth anniversary of do the grind blind uh, where you took a group of, of blind and partially sighted hikers up the uh, gross grind. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about that event? And if, uh, if you guys are doing anything special to sort of mark the occasion,
0: <laughs> funny, you should ask <laughs> we are, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was September. I think it was September 11th or 9th or 10th. Anyway, that weekend, five years ago, um, nine youth who are blind and myself, and we each had a sighted guide. We, We climbed the grouse grind. And if you haven't, if you, if you're interested, AMI made a documentary called do the grind blind. It's pretty cool. Check it out. So in honor of our fifth anniversary, I reached out to the group to see if anybody wanted to redo it. And we've got four youth and four guides and myself, and we're going to climb, uh, this coming weekend, actually, we're going to head back to gross mountain and do wow. it again with no training this time. Oof. Um, I mean, part of the training was to sort of prepare them for what to expect as much as the physical training. So each month leading up four four months leading up to the grind, every month we did a different hike and they ranged in difficulty from going around Burnaby Lake, which is like a flat 10 K walk on a gravel, nice flat gravel trail. Uh, then we did the Coquitlam crunch, which is uh, about 500 steps and then, you know, an incline up the side of a mountain, but nowhere near as long or as, as crazy and steep as the gross grind. And then we did quarry rock in deep cove, which was a little bit more treacherous. Uh, so kind of more obstacles to deal with, Uh, And then we did the BCMC trail up gross mountain, which is not as steep, but longer. And that was pretty challenging. I still haven't done it because when the the youth were training for the grind, I broke my foot and wasn't able to do the last, I think, yeah, I only did the first training hike with them and I couldn't do the last three. So, but, um, this year, because everybody's done it before they know what to expect. So their fitness is kind of up to them. I know some of them are not as fit as they were five years ago. Um, not sure where I am on the scale of fitness. I don't have a broken foot to recover from. So that's something, but I did do the grind about a year ago, maybe. And it was really, really hard. Every time I've done it, it's really, really hard. So I suspect it'll be really, really hard again, (laughs) but it'll be fun to come together and do it as a group and just see where we're all at.
2: And you guys are brave. I don't know. I, yeah, I've done that. I've done that thing twice.
0: Oh, do you want to come on Saturday?
2: No, <laughs> I was thinking it'd be would, good
0: to have someone there to take photos oh or video.
3: <laughs> you and just have
0: it. to jog ahead and you know,
3: jog ahead,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: you know, turn around you know, get footage s- of them climbing up the mountain, right? That's and right, you got to be in yeah. front of everybody, yeah, and yeah. then run oh, back well, down listen. and get the lower group and then run back up exactly. And the upper group yeah, I listen, and, yes. you then you can get <laughs> footage of the, the
2: helicopter medevac <laughs> getting me, <laughs> me off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no it's uh no it's, it's for anybody who has never done it uh it's it's yeah it, it's a grind it's they've they've named it aptly mm-hmm. uh I, I can't even describe it it I remember the first time I did it and it, it it blew my mind I mean the person that I did it with you know kind of just sold it as oh it's you know it's a hiking trail it's really it's kind of an intense hiking trail it's a lot of a lot of hillies, but hills, but um, you know that's that's kind of it I really you can't you don't conceive of what it's actually like until you're on that thing. Yes. and uh, and there's and we, that's the thing you know once you get halfway, I mean there's no easy way down. You can't really go down because you have no. people, all kinds of people coming up behind you
0: and it's um, super steep. It's actually I feel like it would be scarier going down. Going yeah,
2: out. they
1: they they stopped allowing people going down the trail quite a while ago because there were just so many people who got injured and had to be carried off the mountain.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah cuz it's, it's
1: way easier to hurt yourself going downhill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you you know, you're climbing over logs and stuff. Like it's just it's yeah, it's nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we got the youth to use um hiking poles. And so instead of a white cane, I use a hiking pole and we painted them. So they were white on top and red on the boat bottom to kind of look like a white cane. So, cause you can't use a cane like properly on the grind. <laughs> so at least you can sort of feel the height of the step because every step is different. It's not like, you know, man-made built steps. They're like, well, some of them are probably, but yeah, they're just all different and different heights and you know, your guide saying big step and one's up to your knee and the next one's almost up to your hip. Like some of them, it's, it, it's crazy. So, but our hiking poles are cool.
1: Did you know the record for all time for the gross grind?
0: It's like 25 minutes or something. What?
1: 20, 23 minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah. That's what? disgusting. Held I don't by know. Sebastian Salas. Wow. That's nuts.
2: Well, and
0: also I think there's a record for the person who's done it multiple times. I don't know how many times, but somebody has gone up and down multiple times in the same day or something like, why, why, (laughs) but you see people like jogging it kind of, it's very confusing to me when I see that, (laughs) just like here, I'm panting and struggling with every step. And then somebody just jogs by making it look easy. Like how, how are you doing that?
2: Yeah, kidding. 23 minutes that I can't even conceive of that.
0: Because I think the average semi fit person can do it in an hour and a half. Yeah. But it's always taken me at least two hours.
2: Yep. Yeah. I think that was my time too. I think it was like two hours plus. Yeah. Two hours and change.
0: It's hard. (sighs) Man. I'm not super looking forward to it i must admit Ooh. but you know rob wanted to do a podcast about the fifth year oh, yeah, believe me. <laughs> so anything for the limitless podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> well hey that's a good segue uh let's talk about the limitless podcast uh how are, how are things going over there at the limitless podcast
0: oh they're going pretty well i'm enjoying i i enjoy doing it i it would be nice to have a few more listeners but uh i think we've we took a couple weeks off in the summer and uh come back with with some good stuff. Recently talked to a couple parents about preparing your child for kindergarten. Yes, your, that your was enlightening. Child.
3: That was a good that was a good episode.
0: Yeah, I like that one. And uh we are going to be doing an episode um talking to some of the hikers who are doing the reunion hike this weekend. So that should be good. I'm sure we'll have some stories to share after our crazy hike on Saturday.
2: Well, now the limitless podcast is much like this podcast in the sense that, uh, you guys are insane and do a weekly podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you find that? How do you find the schedule? Can it, can it be hard coming up with, with topics on a weekly basis or,
3: yes. Know, how... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. How, wrong show. <laughs> how, do you,
2: how do you guys kind of deal with that and, and sort of where do you generate ideas from?
0: Well, we actually, um, so because our podcast, I'm the host, but I'm joined by a different youth or youth, multiple youths, um, each, each week. And so they're called our limitless committee and they're all youth leaders and youth mentors. And we have monthly meetings where we kind of brainstorm ideas and, you know, so I get input from them as well. Not all their, well, can I say that? Not all all their ideas are awesome. I wonder if they listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the ideas maybe don't make it to an actual episode or sometimes we steer them towards our blog because we also have a blog. So if they come up with an idea that we think isn't like a full podcast conversation, we ask them to write a blog instead. Um, And then of course, Rob and I talk about, topics and come up with things. And there's lots and lots of interesting people to to, um, interview out there. So we've kind of got an endless, I feel like an endless supply. It's just the work in hunting people down and asking them to come on and scheduling and that kind of thing. So yeah, every week is a lot. In the beginning, I was I didn't find it a lot at all. I was just having so much fun and it was kind of this new challenge and it was exciting to see how many listeners and if it had grown, that would motivate me. I do find that when our numbers kind of level off, (laughs) I get a little discouraged or if numbers are down, I get a little discouraged. I love getting emails from listeners. That makes my day every single time and makes me want to produce, create more, but it is hard every week, and you guys have been going for how many years? Seven. Seven years, we just every had our week.
3: Three hundredth episode last week.
0: Wow! Congrats, that's oh, quite see, an accomplishment. See
3: how I, excited
0: it's excited sound when you, have, when <laughs> it's you get three challenge.
3: episodes. Oh, she's still so young. <laughs> Give her time. I <laughs> just like we've we've just did our 300th <laughs> episode. <laughs> Not jaded yet. <laughs> and you call yours a grind for the blind. <laughs>
0: Wow. Well, it must be hard. You must, well, I know I've been here a few times, so I know you repeat, you repeat people, uh, but you almost have to. Not very
3: often. And no, no, no. And that's, that's the interesting part of it all. Like you mentioned, there's a limitless supply of people to reach out to. I'm not Mm -hmm. worried about that. What, what gets me is like you, I want, I want better numbers but also getting a response from people you've invited to the show. Mm. Like I can invite 10 people this week and get no answers back. Really? Not, not one, not one. Mm. And so I like to try and book my shows at least a month ahead. And I'm starting to panic now because I've still got an opening for the end of September and I should already starting to be looking at October. Right. right? Just nobody's responding back to me, but Mm. you know, that's just, how I am. And I know the shows always come together. Like the, the guests always come up. So yeah. whether it's, we have a topic or we talk about, you know, we each bring something to the show and rant for an hour, whatever it is, there will be a show. Um, But like you, you know, my, my expectations are I want a guest. I want a good guest. I want our numbers to go up. I want email from our listeners. And none of that happens.
0: <laughs> right. <Aww. laughs>
3: right. But that's just the way it is. Like, you know, I talked to Rob <laughs> weekly and, out of all the podcasts that are out there, you know how many do you reply to? You know, I don't yeah, reply to any. None. Exactly. None. So, you know, know, how can I put expectations on those people right. when I don't do it myself? That's right. I know. Right. I never. Yeah.
0: I've never rated a podcast. Right. Right. I. I, I subscribe. I follow. I subscribe, yeah. but that's yeah. that's the extent of my support for my favorite podcast. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I, so I it's, know.
3: It's interesting. It, it's fun. You know. It's definitely a, a passion project. Um, I'm glad we do it. There's just, like you said, there's so many people out there. There's so much information to get out and share with people that it is, it is a joy to do, but it it can be a chore. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, (laughs) my stress is always when like right now we don't have an episode for next week yet. And it's Tuesday today in recording land. And we release our episodes on Tuesdays. So I have to, we have to record something in the next three days so that it can be edited and released next week. It sounds like if you're booking things a month in advance, you don't ever get, do you ever get yourself into this bind of like, there's nothing for next week?
3: Only when a guest cancels on me last minute. Right. And then it's like,
0: Rob, what do we do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we need a show. And yes. sometimes
3: you won't have a show. Sometimes it's just, it's mm-hmm. what it is. And yeah, it's, we're
2: not... it's happened occasionally. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's just, yeah, that's just the out of your control. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like you think about like a lot of podcasts out there. I mean, uh, there's not a lot that actually do a weekly schedule like we do. Um, you know, a lot of them just kind of release when they release, uh, they don't, they don't have a set schedule. Um, and I, and I think that people also consume podcasts a little different, um, than, than, um, you know, say you're, you're consuming something like a a Netflix show that's on every Tuesday. I mean, we, that's how we've kind of constructed our podcast, but, um, I think that we can sometimes put a lot more expectations on us than the audience actually does, but who knows, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. There could very well be, you know, Shan is out there every Wednesday, like waiting
3: Waiting well, for the podcast. I'll speak to myself. I'm there every Tuesday morning looking for Limitless. And if it's mm-hmm. not there, Rob gets an oh, email. Right. I know. You're supporter, Ryan. So it's not even that. It's just, you know, I, I like what you guys are doing. I, you know, I want you guys to expand. You guys need to be national, not just provincial, because mm-hmm. there's a need out there for that. Nobody else seems to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- there are so many youth young adults teens that are making change that are advocating like nobody's business you know i look at a lot of different organizations that are you know specific to blindness and and vision impairments and you know their average age is 40 to 75 right where are mm-hmm. these youth advocates why why are we not seeing more change you know well because that group of people they're not on the tiktoks they're not on the the hip social media where these people are advocating and, and these videos are going viral. And those are the youth that we need to reach out to get, get out there in the mainstream, you know, like I'll, I'll throw her name with their Molly Burke, right. Mm-hmm. You know, doing commercials for dove, I think it was, and, you know, you on AMI and, you know, we've got some high profile people that are doing great work and there needs to be more of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Creature. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hey, Molly Burke, you want to do a, do a podcast this week?
0: <laughs> yeah, we got an opening.
3: <laughs> You're recruiting for Limitless right now, right, Rob? That's Where absolutely. are your loyalties? Yeah, totally. <laughs> absolutely. We have a show next week. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. Good. You, you are our show next
2: week. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think we've reached the end of yet another appearance. Sean Marseillet on the AT Banter podcast, you know, Hey, actually, before we let you go. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, we need to, we still need to do a nineties podcast. (laughs) We teased teased the audience with, because we did an eighties podcast for anyone who's listening. Did just go back in the archives? I think Uh, it was was probably about a year ago. We just, we all sat around together and talked about the eighties who did.
3: You, you were there I, you were we there. did
0: yes. yes oh is that I when was we had there. the van halen
3: jump audio sound yes music for the yeah. show right that's right, right. right. yeah so maybe
2: yes. it was more like a year and a half ago. do remember ryan oh, yeah, really. i don't know that too
0: busy trying, really trying to find fun. guests <laughs> we we got to drink <laughs> we got to drink alcohol on that one
2: yeah
1: that's actually true <laughs> nice,
2: nice. I'm surprised that Sean, you didn't actually put that in your rider for, for today's appearance. You're like, <laughs> I better be able to drink alcohol at this appearance. I no, we still, we did tease at the end of that. I was like, we should, we should really do a nineties, uh, version of this. Hmm. Can we, can we all do it.
1: ecstasy for that one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: I don't know. Um, yeah. Hmm. Anyways. Okay. Sean. Yeah. Could you tell the fine folks at home uh, where they could uh, find information about Blind Beginnings and if they are interested in uh, buying a ticket for the fashion show?
0: Yeah, so you can find all the information about Blind Beginnings on our website, blindbeginnings.ca. That is also where you can purchase tickets. Uh, Tickets will go on sale September 12th. There are only 75 tickets. They are $75 each. And I'm pretty sure it will sell out. So wait, don't wait. <laughs> Get your tickets as soon as you can. Uh, there will also be a page on our website featuring the models. So you can read up on the nine models that will be in the show and uh, learn all you want about Blind Beginnings. We're also having a 50, 50 draw as part of the event. And that part is virtual. So you don't have to come to the event to purchase a 50, 50 ticket. You can do that on the website as well. So blindbeginnings.ca purchase your tickets, purchase some 50, 50 tickets, read about our models, read about blind beginnings, and you could even listen to the limitless podcast through the website as well.
1: Perfect. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. That's a pro at work there. Eh? Yeah. Yep. I'm telling you. Not like thank one of us hacks. Jeez. No.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> well, listen, uh, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out and uh and coming on once again a successful appearance. And uh best of luck with uh the fashion show. And uh it's been very, very best of luck uh with the gross grind next weekend. We'll be, we'll be very interested to, to hear uh, you on the other side of that.
0: Thank you. I hope that I can still speak on the other side of that. (laughs) It's always fun to hang out with you guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. So there you go. See, now you guys know why I'm so busy. Sounds like she's
3: busy. I don't know what you're doing.
2: (laughs) Thanks
3: a lot. Jerk. I didn't hear uh, you volunteering to do the grind. I didn't hear you at the no fashion camp. No way. There's no <laughs> way I would do the grind. There's no way. Still I still on my may, bucket list one day, but I just, I, uh, there's, I've been not in shape that I would die. I'm a complete moron
2: for even doing it twice. <laughs> like the first time was a mistake, but after that, like I should have known better, but then, hmm. you know, you, the, someone invites you up a second time. You're like, and you have this revisionist history in your head where it's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> And yeah, no, it was, it was, it was bad. I, all I remember the second time was a blur. All I remember is like seeing the halfway marker and like just screaming at the sky. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, oh, thought the, I thought it was near the top and it's like the halfway you have to be kidding me. I'd probably cry. It, you do. You do want to just sit down and cry because you can't go down. Yeah. All you can do is go up.
3: Yeah. Well, that and, would, that's the part that would ruin me is yep. not being able to turn around and go down and quit. Nope. Right. You can't so change once, your mind. once you're committed, you're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: No, exactly. It's terrible. Yeah. One day. But, uh, yeah, we'll take, we'll take you to the Coquitlam crunch first, Ryan. And yeah. Make no, i
3: definitely. Of that first. Yes. Yeah, so that's been actually my plan for a few years now is do that first. Yeah. See if I can actually handle that.
2: Yeah. Cause that's yeah, yeah that's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done it either, but.
3: Hmm. There you go. Yep. There you go. Well, well, Another what do show? You think guys? I think it's great. They're doing something that, you know, I don't, I, I don't know has ever been done before, you know, probably not here in Canada anyway. So I'd like to have, you know, Sean and perhaps some models on after the, the fashion show is said and done and just ask them about their experiences. And,
2: yeah. Yeah. I do. I do feel like that's going to be a real transformative experience for some of those kids. Um, and I don't even think that they maybe even realize it yet. Um, because it it would be really terrifying to do and doing something that, that, that's scary. Um, it's such an important moment in, you know, a young, a young life. Right. And not a lot of people, you know, get a chance to do something like that.
3: Yeah. Like you said, it's going to be very, I think it it could be life-changing, It's one thing to, you know, let's say walk across a stage during a graduation. Here you are now walking a red carpet or, you know, whatever you're doing, but you're walking in front of an audience with cameras flashing, music pumping, you know, it's going to be chaotic, right? And, you know, you're trying to control your guide dog and there's just, you're going to be sensory (laughs) overload. So yeah, it's going to be an experience for sure
2: well and that's you know like i said that e- even organizationally like this is something that that blind beginnings is trying that's you know they don't have a template to follow uh they're you're, they're adapting this as they go um it, it, it's a challenge on all different levels but you know that's that's kind of blind beginnings motto is that mm-hmm. you know that's that's what they try to instill in youth is that look you got to you got to step outside of your box and and do something that you know, you, it is going to be a little bit scary and you're not really sure if, you know, how it's going to work out, but you got to try it anyways. And, um, you know, you know, it's important to do that on on all different levels. So, and it's great that, you know, the community can can come out and, and support um, regardless of, of how things go, uh, because that's the message that you really want to, you know, instill in the youth and the public is that, you know, look, you know, there, there are the possibilities are limitless, right? You can do whatever you want. If if you put your mind to it. And if you're given
3: the opportunity. And I think yep. that's the important part, right? You're you're yep. giving someone the opportunity to step outside of their boundaries to show off their talents, their skills, their passion, and let them be themselves. Yep. And try something new. Try something new and scary. Yep. Take that mm-hmm. fashion week. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, Where can people find us? They can find us at blindbeginnings.so. Sorry, wrong show. They can find us at (laughs) atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire
2: at cowbell
1: at atbanter.com. And if they are so inclined and excited by them, social media things, we can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. That's right.
2: And that's going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And, of course, a big thanks to our good friend and boss, Sean Marcellet, for joining us this week. And we will see everybody
1: next Next week. week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at one 8324 For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.